Have you ever dealt with negative thoughts, thoughts of comparison, like identity issues, motherhood issues, maybe even anxiety or depression? On today's conversation with my new friend, Brittany Servan, we are going to dive into the topic of thoughts, really. Brittany Servan is the author of Dirty Diapers, Messy Minds, and leader of a mother's face-based community group. She is a homeschooling mom of four kids under the age of six. She is a nurse, children's director at church, and was recently a missionary with her family in Thailand. From one crazy season to the next, she has learned to fight the chaos of an ever-changing world and had to overcome the chaos in her mind. Her heart and passion is helping women and moms to overcome the lies and struggles to become the women that they were called to be through sharing her own personal experiences. So today we hear some of Brittany's personal experiences, but then she gives us practical biblical tips to use today to practice and create the discipline of renewing our mind. I can't wait for you to hear. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Siemens, and I am so excited to be here with my new friend, Brittany Servan. Brittany, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay, I am actually super excited about this topic because I feel like we all need to talk about it all the time. And But before we jump super heavy into the topic, Brittany, do you want to tell us more about your story and have you how you've dealt with thoughts and things like that. Absolutely. Um, so I am a mom of four littles. We have two girls and two boys, uh, ages seven, five, four, and two. And we also threw a puppy in the mix somewhere in there for some odd oh. reason, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, but I am also my husband and I are executive pastors at a small church um, in the Franklin area. And prior to that, we were actually missionaries in Thailand for a few years while having kids and all the <laughs> the messiness of motherhood. So I have gone through several different seasons of motherhood and accompanying that many different thoughts and processes about, you know, myself and motherhood and, and the world around me. And so it has definitely been a struggle. And now God has really put that on my heart to be able to communicate those things and the things that I've learned. And, you know, I had wise voices of wisdom spoken into my life through family and just other women around me. And I just want to be able to pass that along, if nothing else. Um, So that's really my heart for women and, and mothers specifically. But yeah, when we had our first, I actually struggled quite a bit with my thoughts. Um, 
And everything, I think I really was dealing with a lot of postpartum depression and it was undiagnosed. And so I didn't realize it until afterward. And I spent a lot of the first couple of months to year of my daughter's life really feeling like I was crazy, like completely crazy because my thoughts were just so negative. And, you know, I was under the false impression prior to having my daughter that I was going to get my body back when she came and I was going to have, you know, a little bit of my old life back. And that's just not the case when you become a mom because everything changes and you can't just go right back to the way things were. Even if you lose the baby weight, even if you still maintain the friendships or whatever it is, nothing is going to be exactly the same as it was before. And it's a good thing. But you know, when you're not prepared for the change and you're not grieving, I, I really, t- I like to talk about grieving quite a bit because you have to actually grieve the old life, the, the life that you had, allow yourself to kind of move past that so you can accept the good that is in your life now. And so you can actually receive those things and move forward. And so that was a struggle for me. And while I'm in the middle of figuring out motherhood, we had both of our daughters, so two years old and one years old, and I was three months pregnant with, I mean, seven months pregnant with our third. And then we moved to Thailand in the midst of that. (laughs) So not only am I trying to figure out my thoughts, but we're also trying to figure out moving to another part of the world we'd never been in to be missionaries and figuring out how to do everyday life that way. And so everything just kind of you know, blew up in my face with, with all of my thoughts and my thinking. Um, and it wasn't until I was on the bathroom floor in Thailand crying after, you know, fighting with my husband and all my thoughts, um, that I realized I was brought back to the verse, um, in Romans 12 of renewing your mind. And I had always thought it was this thought of, you know, okay, I'm struggling with it, but someday, I'm going to get there and my mind is going to be renewed and I'm just going to be better at it. And that's not the case. And in that moment, it just clicked for me that it really is a day by day, moment by moment decision that you have to choose to recognize those thoughts and take those thoughts captive. And so that's when I really was able to start working on it um, and just trying to grow in that area. And I, I've come so far just from taking this walk with the Lord. And I hope that many other women can as well from, you know, having conversations with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, man, that is a lot though. So it's like both (laughs) and your physical season of life was a lot. And I have four kids that are all 18 months apart. So Mm -hmm. I get it. (laughs) And I didn't move across the world though, across the country. Yes. But, um, like your physical season was indeed a lot. And and so recognizing that, but what kind of thoughts were you dealing with? So, yeah, I like that you pointed out the physical versus the internal, because I say there's two types of chaos. There's the external chaos, all the circumstances, all the things happening around you. And we think that if all of that is taken care of, you know, one day when all of that works itself out, then I can start working on my internal thoughts. And that's not it. It's really Mm -hmm. very little to do with what's happening to us externally. If you read many stories in the Bible, you end up hearing like, it doesn't matter. They were in really rough circumstances, but they chose to have different thoughts. And so it was that 
internal thoughts that, you know, we have to process for sure. And that's the one that we actually have control over. And so my thoughts were very like, I have no control over my life. Um, you know, I am not good at anything. I just suck at it. And my husband is very talented. And, you know, when we went as a mission field, he was recognized as the missionary, not me. And mm. so I was like, well, I have all these dreams and passions and words that God has told me. And I'm not that person. I'm not who I'm supposed to be. I'm failing as a mom. I'm tired. I yelled at my kids. I, all of those. And I even yeah. had initially with our first daughter, I even had those thoughts of depression. I mm. was very much like, blaming my child for me not having the life that I thought I could or distracting me from what God wanted me to do. And then you immediately feel guilty for having those thoughts because you love your child so much. And yeah. so then you think that you're a terrible mom and you're crazy and you just, between the hormones and the thoughts, you just are constantly beating yourself up. And I realized eventually that I wasn't the only one that was struggling with this through reading no. studies and talking to different moms, yep. it was like, okay, no, this is a legit thing. Every single one of us are beating ourselves up and spiraling. Like most of the time, our thoughts are not positive about ourselves, And the thoughts about ourselves and the world around us is all viewed through that I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And the comparison we deal with identity crisis, loneliness, comparison, control, all of this. Yeah. And so if you're a woman listening, uh, Brittany is talking about seasons of motherhood and we'll get to like womanhood as well. But chances are, I would bet my bottom dollar very significantly, like 99% that you have in the last week even, or maybe even like today have had thoughts of identity or lack of control, or, um, you're not in the season you thought you were or motherhood or, any like I'm not good enough or you've struggled or dealt with some sort of negative thought. I mean, I'd go as far as to say today, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not uncommon. And so when we talk about like postpartum and I had postpartum anxiety with my third kid actually, but these different things, what I feel like the enemy loves to do is keep us siloed and like, oh, you're the only one that feels this way. You're the only one who yells at your kid. You're the only one who's not actually doing the thing that God called them to do because you're doing whatever. Like whatever the lie is, I feel like it's the best tactic he has to keep us siloed and to be like, you are alone. Yes. But that is false and that is a lie straight from the pit of hell because one, we're not alone. We obviously have like the father, but then the more we talk about it, the more we invite these conversations, the more we ask hard questions, even with our friends and family around us, chances are they have stories that are different, but similar to yours and your struggle with thinking and, and negative thoughts and all of these things, right? Like we're not alone in this at all. Yeah. Community is so important. Mm -hmm. And whether it be an in-person community or an online community, it doesn't matter as long as you have somebody that you can talk to and share the stories with and hear their stories. Because I know when we were more isolated, because we were in Thailand during COVID yeah. as well. Oh. So it was over there, it was actually government lockdown. And mm. so I literally could not be physically around anybody. And during that time to keep from going insane, there was uh, another missionary that we decided to Marco Polo each other. 
so just throughout our day, like we'd send a little two second Marco of like, oh, hey, you know, uh, my kid just did this and I streamed at him. Man, I am just messing this up. And they'd be like, no, 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 you're doing good. Don't forget, like, just keep going. And so having little encouragement, whether it be a Marco or a Facebook group or an in-person group, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, motherhood is so different for each each person. But before motherhood, we were different. Motherhood changed us. You talked about this. But then even as the seasons of life and the seasons of motherhood, like I don't have diapers anymore. I have a preteen and like, I guess six would be like a toddler. I don't know what a six-year-old. I have school age kids now, right? And so Mm. that's different than the surviving newborn season. And that's different than teen. Like each um, season, I deal with different kind of thoughts. Like now Mm -hmm. I feel like give me a newborn any day. I got this under control. I can do a (laughs) newborn. Now I'm like preteens. What the heck are we doing here? Right? Like it's right. It just sort of changes, which I, which is why I know you're going to encourage us too, but renewing your mind. Let's go back to that because Mm -hmm. that is so important because it's constant, right? It's not a one and done. I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what did that process look like for you? Yeah. So about the time you figure out one thing and think you're doing good, (laughs) things change and that can cause you to easily slip into, oh no, I really don't have any idea what I'm doing. Oh no. Like all over again, back into that slump. And so to keep from doing that, I think recognition of there being a problem and there needing to be change is first and foremost key. Um, Realizing that we're going to have to keep going through this process um, is, is huge. So there were a couple of things that first I ended up recognizing the connection between everything. So for example, you know, I have an emotion and a lot of us think, oh, well, I have the emotion. That's the truth. I'm subject to those thoughts and all those things. When really that's not the case, but the emotion will lead to a thought. The thought will lead to a behavior. The behavior will lead to the effects on relationship and consequences. So if you're feeling angry, you know, for example, then you think maybe you could end up thinking, oh, I'm better than that person or, uh, you know, I'm worse than that person. Then you have the actions of um, a behave in a self-promoting way or a protective standoffish kind of way. Then my relationships turn into being draining and neglected. And then the consequences, I feel unknown and unloved. And so if you can recognize right back at the emotion, you can actually interrupt at that emotion and that thought. And you can, I put an I choose statement in there. So I have the emotion of anger, but I choose to think about that, you know, God is in control, that I am love, that I am this. And so it's really taking each moment and saying, okay, stop, I feel this emotion and I'm going to redirect it and choose something different than the thought that I would normally think. And it doesn't sound like that would really work, but it actually ends up working really well. (laughs) Um, Another thing that I did was um, when I started out, I really got a base of where I was at. And so if you want to know where you're at, you could could probably do this too. So I started to write out all of the thoughts that I was having that day. So like at least 10. I'd write out 10 thoughts that I was having, look at the list, and choose the primary emotions with each one of those thoughts. Was it angry, anxious, 
Um, you know, was it positive? Was it prideful? And then narrow down out of all of those emotions and all of those thoughts, which emotions were the most prevalent? Which ones was I seeing the most of? And so then you pulled out the primary emotion and then you can kind of create like a little map. So I would say, okay, what areas of my life am I feeling this emotion the most? Is it at work? Is it at home? Is it just in my thoughts? Is it in a certain relationship with my friend or my spouse? And then from there, it's like, okay, in each one of those categories, the work, the marriage, um, you know, at home, what are those thoughts that lead to that emotion? And so in each category, I'm looking at what my thoughts are that are leading me to feel that way. And so you kind of get a base of like, okay, this is where I'm at. and to just stop for a second. If you do this, <laughs> if you do do this, don't get frustrated with where you're at because that's what I would do. I'd be like, well, this is where I'm at and this is just depressing. Like I'm not going to get better. Um, but before you get depressed or anxious about it, stop and just realize that this is a starting place. So you have to think this is where I am at now and this is where I'm moving from. I'm moving from this and I'm moving to where God wants me to be so I can land on something good and positive. And the gap between who I am and who I want to be and who God wants me to be is not a bad thing. It just means that there is room for God to do more work. And that gap is not supposed to be seen as my failures and I'm, I'm doing horrible at life, but really, okay, God has room to grow in me. And so um, from there, it's really the practice. It's just practicing because sometimes our our mind is actually the last thing to change. Um, And so part of taking that thought captive is saying, okay, even if I don't believe it, I can decide to say things with my mouth and do things with my body that will convince my mind later on. And so that is where the biggest um, breakthrough was for me, I think. Yeah. Was that, you know, it wasn't just, okay, I messed up and I messed up again and I messed up again. Uh, Why even bother? It's the, okay, I'm walking away from today (laughs) and it's a moment in time and tomorrow's a new day. It's that giving yourself grace. So you take every thought captive and you give yourself grace and say, all right, it's not the end of the world. I messed up today, but in the next moment, in the next day, I can choose something different. And um, convincing my mind through my actions and my words until my mind catches up with everything else. Um, and then the last thing really, well, there's two more things that I did, but um, you say yes to Jesus. And yes is actually an acronym. So I'd say yes to Jesus and it's your everyday success. So your everyday success, yes, it looks like saying yes to Jesus, to spending time with him. Um, It looks like saying yes to him as your savior. Um, It looks like saying yes to whatever he has for you in that day. And that'll lead to your everyday success. Um, And then the last one is making the one degree shift. It's putting it into perspective. I don't have to have it all together. I can't do everything and that's okay, but I can do something. I can do something today, one little thing, even if it's okay, instead of eating the French fries, when we go to Chick-fil-A today, I'm going to choose to have, 
you know, a soup or a salad or, or something else. Like even if it's small, those little moments of making the one degree shift in your day can lead to another good decision and another good decision. So yes, those were some of the things that I did. I love all of those. I also love the one degree shift because I am, well, I'm a recovering all or nothing person, Mm -hmm. right? And so whether it's diets or any new discipline or, you know, spiritual disciplines, like anything really, honestly, cleaning my house, if it's not like, maybe it's me as a woman or just me as Sam, I don't know. But sometimes I'm like, oh man. I forgot to do X, Y, Z. I suck. I quit. Right? Like mm-hmm. it's yep. either all I'm mean, And that's not, God is not, <laughs> that is not at all. Mm-hmm. That is not a Christian trait. Um, and I love that this whole process because renewing your mind is biblical. It is important. Scripture talks about our mind pretty consistently. And this is another discipline. I mean, just like yeah. reading your Bible and having your quiet time and talking to the Lord. This is something that you might, chances are you're not going to get right all the time, but the one degree more, the one tiny step, not the whole enchilada, the one tiny thing is progress. And that's sanctification really, right? Like sanctification is a fancy word for the process of being free from sin and purified or making something holy, right? It's like, it's a process And I feel like even in our spiritual walk with the Lord, in our mind um, set sort of issues, in our diets that we do, in our physical bodies, it's all a process. And we're all walking Mm -hmm. towards the goal of being holier, being more like Christ. And so this is a super, I love that your advice that you just did was super practical, but also one step at a time. And it's a discipline that is going to take. Gosh, I know it's the like four letter word that we hate. Yes. That is going to take, I had to count letters. It's going to take work. And I like, right. In some circles, I know that Christianity like is easy and it's great and it's not going That's to be not hard. Christianity. It's not going to take work, <laughs> no. but here in the collective, mm-hmm. we are real life people. And so it is, it's going to be something that you have to get in the habit of doing, but yeah. There are several scriptures, one of which I literally just read to my son this morning. In 2 Timothy 1 says, it says, you were strong for the spirit God gave us, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. It's a part of the Holy Spirit that we get to act in our life. And so you're giving us practical steps to do that with our mind. And I just want to encourage the ladies listening that it is, you have the authority to be in self-control. You have the authority in Christ to renew your mind every day. And if you're starting out, like maybe you're really struggling with thoughts or comparison or not good enough or all these things, it might not be every day. It might be every hour, every minute. Like Mm -hmm. it might be a constant thing that you are having to put at the forefront of your mind to check yourself, to say yes, like Brittany just said, to to replace those thoughts with um, scripture, to deal with the emotions. I, one of, this is probably a rampant, but it's okay. Feelings aren't facts. It is one of yes. my 
Mm-hmm. Favorite things that I hate in the world <laughs> yep. today is the idea that like, oh, you think that you go, girl. Uh, you're feeling this. You let it take you over. Like feelings mm-hmm. are not facts. No. <laughs> our feelings can be controlled. Our feelings can be accepted. But our feelings, if we let it, can also control us. And so I want to encourage you that like sound mind, self-control, self-discipline, those are all things that you are invited into with your relationship with Jesus, right? You get to take authority of your mind, take authority over, you know, self-discipline, things like that because of the Lord and what he's already done for you. So the world's going to tell you like, oh, if you feel this way or you love this way or that was too much, but that's okay. Whatever you feel you can do. And that is not true and it's not biblical. And so exactly. feelings yeah. aren't facts, friends. I <laughs> we don't that. have to it's live. It's one of mine too. It's one of my big pet peeves because I've lived oh, in it so long and I've been subject to yes. it for so long. It's like, well, I feel this way. I can't help that I feel this way. No, maybe not because God is a God of emotions and he did give us emotions. Yeah. The emotions mm-hmm. in themselves are not bad. It's what we do with those emotions. And I mess up all the time. I messed up yesterday. I messed up today with all my emotions and not controlling them. But it's that, like you said, the all or nothing thing that has to go because it really is giving yourself grace. And it's that, okay, I I messed up in that moment. Redirect. I can do it. And sanctification, as you were talking about, is not something that we're going to achieve in this lifetime. Like it's going to be when we meet Jesus, that's when it becomes complete. It's becoming more mm-hmm. like Jesus until we meet him and we're in heaven and it's finally complete. So take the pressure off yourself and don't think that you have to get everything right and get there and be perfect with it because that's not going to be the case. And you're not expected nope. to do that. You're not expected to get rid of all your emotions. And if you feel an emotion, you've already failed. You can redirect that emotion with scriptures and God thoughts and all the things that you're putting into practice with your disciplines. So I love that. Yeah. I think you just mentioned too, like two sides of the pendulum, really. It's one side and maybe honestly, it feels like older generations maybe are this side where we have no emotions. Like you can't, you're not allowed to be X, Y, Z sad or whatever. Right. But then you pendulum swing to maybe the younger generation. I don't know. That is kind of stereotypical, but whatever. Love me anyways. <laughs> but the like feelings are everything and feelings matter. So like Brittany and I are trying to shepherd you somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Like you said, feelings are real. God was emotional or not emotional. God gave us emotions. And so they are good and they are valid. Like love is an emotion. Love is also mm-hmm. an action and a being and a person, but you know, and hate is emotion. We are called to hate things. <laughs> and so like, I love that you said that we can have emotions, but there's a difference when emotions sort of have us, right? Like mm-hmm. when they have the control over us. Yeah. And, if and that's you, something that we get to flip. And if you are having emotions that are controlling you, like for me, it was, you know, outburst, anger, or just anxiety. And those things would just seem to overtake me. And I'm like, I really don't feel like I can do anything about this. And when you're in that state of feeling like those things are overcoming you, you really need to work backwards. That's when you need to look back and figure out the root of what's going on. Like I said, go back to that emotion and do the map, what's causing that emotion so you can understand where it's coming from. You can pinpoint it and you can move forward. And I want to stress move forward because we're not called to go back and just live in the past. We're yeah. called on occasion 
to go back and pinpoint the problem. Um, I was a nurse before having kids. And so I like to use that analogy, but, um, you know, if you go to the doctor and you're sick with something, you have all these symptoms, you know, they can treat the symptoms and send you home, but it doesn't take care of whatever illness or disease or whatever. They just treat it. It's like a bandaid on it. And then it comes right back and you're going to continue to deal with that versus if you go and they look at what's causing that problem and they pinpoint it, they target it and they treat that root problem, then your symptoms end up going away with time. So you kind of dig deeper to work back and, and more move forward. Yeah. We're soul sisters because yes, I use that analogy <laughs> as well. I have a medical background as well. And so it like modern medicine will give you a prescription <laughs> and a bandaid and like you have a headache. <laughs> Here's some Tylenol, go home and be well. And I'm now a little bit crunchy since living in Tennessee where I want to know the root cause. And the root cause could be a tumor that's causing the head. You know what I mean? Like, right. It could be so I love tumor. that. It could be a blood pressure. It could be whatever. There's could be hormones. Things. Yes. Yeah. And you treat yeah. all of those differently. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then if you – so like for example, that's not motherhood related too because I can think of a ton that are motherhood. But uh, my house, though it's an external circumstance, uh, we live in a smaller house. We have six people living here. We have lots of things. And so I'm in the season where I want to purge everything, literally everything, but you know, self-control. Um, and, but there were several days where I would wake up and just automatically be like stressed. And yes, there were several days that I walked in that stress and that like I allowed the stress to dictate the rest of my day, the emotions with my family, the children, whatever. And I didn't know why I was just stressed. And so it was me stopping like you just described. And like, why do I feel this way? Wait, it is nine o'clock in the morning. Nothing has happened yet. Like I should not be feeling stress. And so I had to like dig back and like, okay, well, I do have a to-do list, but let me write that out. Okay. That feels better. I, oh, like the, my root cause was because my external circumstances, my heart, my, not my heart, my house was messier. And so I was living in a place and operating in a place that felt stressful. And so legitimately I pressed pause on the day and deep cleaned my house and I felt so much better. But those yeah. were like things that I could not only control, but I had to stop and go back to like, why am I, why am I automatically stressed? Like, why am I waking up this way? And thankfully it was like something that I could actually clean and do, but it's not always that easy. But that was just an example that came to mind because it was me pausing or else I would have been like a jerky mom and a Mm -hmm. grumpy Mm -hmm. wife. And I would have just kept, you know, being, letting the stress define the day basically. And another example of one um, that kind of went deeper. You were talking about the house. It just reminded me there was a mom that I was talking to who was going through a really stressful situation, divorce and court stuff. And I mean, crazy things. Um, yeah. And she just kept bringing up in conversation that her house wasn't clean. Oh, I've got all these things. I've got all this stuff and my house isn't clean. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I can't do this because my house isn't clean. And I was like, you keep harping on your house not being clean. What What is that for you? Why? Why does it matter to you if your house is clean or not? And it boiled down to she felt like because of all those crazy situations that were happening, that she and her children were not safe unless her house was clean. Mm, and it wasn't yeah. necessarily the truth, but that's how she that's right. how she felt and was registering it. Clean house equals me and my kids are safe. And that's what she needed. Yeah. So like you said, yeah. she had to take that time, 
clean the house. And then she's like, oh, I feel so much better. Like her count, whole countenance changed and was just like, I feel so much better. My kids are safe. I feel safe. I can proceed. So, yeah. yes, totally believe in that. Okay, that also made me think about because in the world of social media where you can scroll and see my 30-second pretty house perfectly decorated. I don't even have a tree, but like whatever cool decor farmhouse chic look in my 30-second reel, but really everything that's behind the camera is not pretty. But that's okay. But mm-hmm. in the world of social media, how easy it is to get sucked into that, to get sucked into well, I'm a, I'm not a good mom because I don't make my kids homemade Play-Doh and sit with them oh, for yeah. 45 minutes. Or tame. Yes, I don't have my life together because I don't have the newest pottery barn couch. I don't know. Those are silly examples. Mm-hmm. But what have you done for comparison, especially in motherhood and in womanhood? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, on the social media thing, I'm a little more old school and I, you can do this experiment if you want and you will completely understand what I'm talking about. But I noticed that if I spend time on social media, I do have way more of those thoughts. Yeah. Like immediately. I, I, whether it's a good reel, whether it's a reel that has nothing to do with motherhood, like it doesn't matter. If I watch a bunch of DIY videos in someone's house, I go, oh, man, I suck. I don't know how to use power tools. I don't know how to redo my house while my husband's not home and surprise him. And, oh, I fail. Like, And it immediately drags you into that. So, one, I stay off of social media as much as possible because it just helps me clear my mind and keep focus on my lane and what's going on in my life and not someone else's. But also with comparison, um, this is actually in part of the the book that I wrote, but – it was really tough for me. I remember a time I went to the park with um, my daughter. She was like one or two at the time. It was a colder day, which we had not planned for. We had a play date. And so I show up and get out of the car and I'm like, oh, I forgot a hat for my kids. So I threw on like my husband's big hat. So she, you know, and like I had to bundle up in a bigger coat for her and she looked like a homeless child probably I mean you know because all the things thrown on and I wasn't prepared and this other mom that we were meeting for a play date gets out and they have their little designer coats on and she's got a cute little hat that matches and we're playing and then we decided to snack so we sit down and I'm pulling out you know goldfish that are probably half stale from the backpack and this other mom is like pulling out a fresh avocado and cutting it up and slicing it and you know gluten-free crackers and like she looks at my goldfish and gummies and is like oh I can share if you want and I'm like oh yep and so my head's going oh she thinks I'm a bad mom I'm not prepared like like I don't have all that together what is wrong with me and immediately just like that I just I'm spiral and um it wasn't until actually um I had a conversation with my mother-in-law that some of that kind of shifted for me because um we used to when we were transitioning um, to Thailand. We sold everything we had. We moved in with them for a little while. So we had a little upstairs kind of apartment. And I remember just being like, oh man, like she's cooking. It smells amazing. And, you know, I went downstairs and we were talking and I just was like, I don't think I could ever be a cook like you are. You are such a good cook. And it was kind of that, you know, compliment with a diss towards myself thrown in there. And she was like, I haven't always been a good cook. And I was like, really? You just seem like you're so good at it. She's like, I have like 23 years of crappy train wreck dump dinners 
that I've gone through. I have literally cooked things that are inedible for my family and we've had to throw them away and just eat like cereal for dinner. I'm like, really? You? Like you? No way. And so it really, that moment transitioned for me where I'm like, okay, I don't have to cook the perfect meal all the time. I don't have to have, you know, the matching outfits and the perfect snack that's healthy and whatever all the time. And, you know, when I'm, I'm doing that, I'm not the only mom that's had mistakes. Even, you know, my, my mother-in-law or that friend that I was with that seemed like they had everything worked out in their life, they've got a story. You know, they yeah. may be stronger in that area. I might be stronger in another area. And to realize some mom is probably looking at you doing the same thing. We're, yeah. we're all doing that to each other. And so realizing that it's not 30 seconds of our life that we're seeing and someone might have a good day where they seem to have it all together, but that's not their only day. They yeah. have had plenty of, you know, train wreck moments themselves. Um, so we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And I, that's the beautiful part of community as well is there's different, we all women are created differently, uniquely, and we all have different interests and different talents and different lives and different mm-hmm. capacities. And so if you're that Pinterest mom and that organic G GMO free, what, whatever, fill in the blank <laughs> mom, and you're doing it because that interests you, you like, you know what I mean? And that's your heart, then do it. If you're doing it out of striving or keeping up or whatever. Let's have a different conversation. But, and if you're that hot express mom and you're like barely hanging on, then that's okay too. Like whatever, if your heart is genuine in that and there's not comparison, then do do it. I love, like now that I'm, I teach kindergarten two days a week for my homeschool co-op and I love the Pinterest moms. Like give me all the cute things because you will have me bringing my pirate booty as a snack. Like that is in a package. But then there's like other moms that are like these apples that look like, you know, decorations Mm -hmm. and things. And I'm like, that is so fun and so cool. Like if you love that, do that. But when we all come together, it makes, it makes like a beautiful picture of not only like the father's heart that we're all so different, but like how we can all still do life together. I get, um, my life is busy, right? All of our lives are busy. And I believe that each woman has a different capacity, but that is something that women have always said to me, like, how do you do it all? And I'm like, sweet, Mm -hmm. sweet friends. First off, I don't do it all. Like I've always worked, but I've always had to work, right? Like Mm -hmm. I worked in a hospital for 12 years because I loved it. Yes. But because I also had to financially. So like, even now, like, how do you do this and do this? And I just, I always encourage women that if the Lord has called you, he will make capacity for that thing, but we all have different callings. And so like yours might be on a college campus, corporate America. It might be in the hospital. It might be at home with your babies where you don't do anything but love on them. And like, that's okay. And that, as long as you're doing the thing that God has called you to, it's so good. But the moment we start, like you said, like switching lanes and like, well, Brittany wrote a book. I haven't written my book yet. Oh my gosh. Da, da, da. Like, come on, yes. let's focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We <laughs> all have so different capacities and mm-hmm. different capacities in different seasons. And, um, I think that, uh, I like to use a superwoman or, um, as an analogy, you know, Wonder Woman, sorry, Wonder Woman as an analogy, because, you know, everyone looks at her and is like, oh my goodness, she's Wonder Woman. And I've had plenty of people tell me like, you're Wonder Woman, you homeschooled yeah. the littles, you lived in Thailand, you wrote a book, you do kids ministry at church, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, 
sounds better when you say it because when I'm living through it, it's not <laughs> right. It's not that <laughs> the way it sounds. And um, I like to look back at Wonder Woman or anyone that you actually think is a hero of yours, whether it be an author, a speaker, a whoever, another mom. If you look back at their story, anyone that's ever done anything great or mentionable or have anything together in their life has really struggled in that area prior to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for example, Wonder Woman, like she spent at the beginning of her story, all of those years as a child being passionate about something and training every single day. She trained harder than anyone else. She was pushed harder than anyone else to become that strong, amazing woman. And yes, she had superpowers, but she didn't rely on those alone. She was yeah. taught as a person to love, to be kind, to, you know, wield the sword and the shield and all of those things. And that was a lot of hard work. And we don't yeah. see the hard work. We just see she's awesome. Same thing with moms. You know, you see that other mom and you think, oh, my goodness, like they homeschool. How in the world do they do that? And it's like, well, they've struggled probably in the emotions of pulling my kid out of school or deciding what to do, mm-hmm. researching, you know, trying like seven different curriculums and figuring yep. out what works and having days where they're pulling their hair out and they're screaming at their kids and their kids are like, I hate school. And you're like, I'm screwing my life up. I mean, they've had them with their kids all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're with your kids all the time. I don't get time for me, whatever it is. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's what we have to realize is everyone has a backstory. Everyone has something that they've had to work through. And if they're strongest in it, that's probably where the enemy is attacking the most. And that's something yeah. that they've had to work the hardest in. So I, I realized that with myself. And um, people always told me I was super brave, super confident. You do all these things. How do you do that? You're so brave. I'm like, I grew up remembering all of my memories were being fearful. Like I remember being freaked out about everything and anxious and, yep. and scared. And I had a conversation with my mom and she was like, yeah, maybe, but you never let that overtake you. You always stood up and did things that kids your age wouldn't even do because you didn't let it, you know, consume you. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it just changed the way that I saw like my entire life. It was like just a movie real quick of like everything changing <laughs> from a filter of fear to being like, oh, God actually created me to be incredibly confident and brave. And the enemy was just lying to me this whole time. And I was believing it. The thing that I struggled with the most was actually the thing I was supposed to operate the most confidently in. I think that's the case for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much, we're like icebergs, right? Where we just see this tip. I've never Mm -hmm. felt this way more than I do now because I've lived in Tennessee for three years now. And I have an entire life. I joke and I'm like my past life in California where it's not only like ministry wise, but occupation and friendship and family, like an entirely different life. But the people I meet here in Tennessee, they just see like this, Sam, or if you know the Abundant Woman Collective, you just see the Abundant Woman Collective. You don't see the years of ministry and heartache and church hurt and discipline and growth and all the things that took to get to this place. You know what I mean? Like, so same thing. And it's always crazy to be like, oh, you're this, this or whatever. And I'm like, you don't even know about my like California life. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't pretty. Um, but we each and remembering that not only for ourselves, but each woman that we come in contact with good and bad. Right. And so I think also with the social um, like comparison, it, it, it still applies applying Brittany's tips still help us to get to like the root cause. And if we are 
maybe comparing or jealous or whatever emotion comes up to hold on to that emotion and figure out why. Because chances are, if I'm staring at some mom's perfectly clean house, I'm like, oh shoot, my house isn't that pretty. I'm not a good homemaker. Like those thoughts are underneath that, right? And so Mm -hmm. if I don't take captive and recognize and pause and, and replace those thoughts with who the Lord says I am, what the Lord says has told me to do, because that's a reality I've had to face my house. This, I don't know why we're using my house, but we're using it. Isn't always clean. My, I am busier than most. And so sometimes I have to hire help or I get to hire help or, you know what I mean? Like I'm never going to have the Pinterest house in this season right now. And so I've also had to come to terms with like, that's totally okay. And friends that, that love you and do life with you, they think it's okay too. Most times, I mean, my mom might say something, but most of my friends don't care. (laughs) They don't care. They know, right. They do life with us, which is why I love community as well. Uh, Brittany, before we wrap up, I want you to spend a second and just love on these women listening and give them a word of encouragement. Oh, okay. Um, so I really, I really want to say that you can do this. You can do motherhood. You can do beyond. You can be the woman that God created you to be. And that woman is confident. That woman is, um, unique. You are your own, uh, I like to say shade of crayon. (laughs) You know, we're, we're all different colors, but we come together like you were talking about earlier, to create that beautiful picture. And you have a purpose and a plan that is specific to you. God literally sat down and thought of you and created that plan and that purpose for you and no one else. So um, in staying in your lane, don't think that yours is more or less important than someone else, um, but that it's exactly what God wants you to do. And you, likewise, were also created to be the mother to your children specifically. No one else was created to be the mother to your children. God handpicked those children to give to you. And so he created you specifically to be the best mom for them. And so even if you are struggling in your thoughts and you're making mistake after mistake, God's grace is never ending. And he is right there with you. And all you need to do is look to him. Um, I think it's super important if you forget everything else that we talked about, just remember it's more about who you're looking at than what you have going on in your life. It's more about the who, not the what. So spending time with him, focusing on him and asking yourself, what does God say about this? What does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say? And what does God say about me as a mom and beyond? Um, and so I just really want to encourage you with that, that God loves you. God created you specific for a purpose. You are meant to be the mother of your children and you are going to be the best mother for those children, whether you mess up or not. And it's okay. Tomorrow is a new day. You have a new moment in the next moment that you can choose to do something different and choose to do it with God. So. I love that. So good. And the freedom we get to receive from renewing our mind from doing these practices Mm -hmm. is more than we can ask, think, or imagine. Like I want to encourage you guys with that because yes, it's discipline. Yes, it's work. Yes. Um, you know, it takes effort and time, but also walking in freedom 
from those thoughts that tie you to, you know, negative or comparison or identity crisis. Like there's freedom on the other side of that, that is made and perfect for you and that you get to choose to walk in that as well. And so I don't know, I'm just painting the rainbow (laughs) for you (laughs) on the other side. Yes. Yes. Okay, Brittany, you said you're not on social media a ton. So where can we connect with you, get your book, all the things? Yes. So um, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, Messy Mind Mama um, is it one of my official account. Um, you can also find me, Brittany Serbin, on Instagram as well. Um, you can find me on my website, BrittanySerbin.com. And that's B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-S-E-R-B as in boy, A-N, BrittanySerbin.com. Um, and on my website, as well as on Amazon, you can um, find my book, Dirty Diapers, Messy Minds. Um, and it kind of dives a little bit deeper into some of the things that we talked about today of recognizing and getting started on that process. Um, yeah. So. Perfect. Thank you so much for giving us all your wisdom and practical tips and loving on the Abundant Women community today. Absolutely. It's an honor. Thank you. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.